0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: Here we have again the rhetorical questions beginning in verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? Now remember, he's built his case for just how big he is, what he's done. And now he says this, the Creator of the ends of the earth neither
0: faints nor is weary. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Have you ever thought that one of your struggles was too little to matter to God? In today's message, Pastor J.D. reminds us that God doesn't tire. He doesn't faint. So why then would such a small problem ever be too little for him? God can handle everything you throw at him. Don't ever let yourself think otherwise. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Okay, so let's say we got the God done now. I couldn't afford the gold and silver, so I got a wooden God. Okay, now I'm going to put my God up here. You know, it's not good when you've got to carry your God instead of your God. But you got to put your God up on the thing there. That's your God now. But then somebody walks along and bumps it, and it starts to totter, and your God could fall. And if your God falls, you got to pick your God back up and put him back up. (laughs) Hey, you can ask the Philistines about that. Remember the account when they captured the Ark of the Covenant? And they put it in their temple of their false god, the god Dagon. <laughs> and they leave the Ark of the Covenant there. The next morning they wake up, they go into the temple, and their god, which is a fish man god, this carbon image, it fell down before the Ark of the Covenant. And it broke. And they had to put their god back together and put him back up. I want you to think about that for just a moment. You've got to care for your God because your God can't care for you because your God is no God at all. That's what God's (laughs) saying. Who who are you going to? You think that's a God? (laughs) Watch me now. Um, Before you come down too hard on them, these pagans, these Philistines who worship this God, Dagon, which I wonder if, by the way, that's where they came up with the word dagonet it, when it fell, but I don't know. I, that, I might be reading too much into it. I just think about those things, but could you imagine that you, you walk in, your God is on, on its face before the ark of the cup. Co- that should tell you something right there. And you got to put it back together, glue it back together, put it back up. That's what God's saying here. God's saying, I am God. (laughs) These are not gods. You're going to compare these wooden gods that can fall and break into pieces to me, and I've measured the waters in my hand, all the waters in the world in in the palm of my hand. Uh, With the the width of my hand, as a kid I remember my dad, when he didn't have a tape measure, and he wanted to measure something, he did this. It's a hand width. That's what they would do. They would, and God's saying, Yeah, I measured, I measured the heavens and just with my hand. oh not big. Really? That's a, that's a big hand. <laughs> that's the point. I'm a big God. Now, watch what happens when we get to verse 21. Have you not known? Have you not heard? has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. In other words, the same God who measures with his hand, and has the waters in the palm of his hand, carries you close to his heart, the same God. Here's this mighty, almighty, majestic God that loves me. He's a big God who is like unto Him, and I'm comparing other things to Him. How about the problems in my life, is there anything too hard for the Lord? He's a big God. If He can do that, I'm pretty sure He can cover next month's rent. If God can do this, I'm pretty sure He can take care of that. That's nothing. That's actually less than nothing, remember? There's something here I have to, I I would be grossly remiss if I didn't mention it, and it's a thing now. And it's for those who are entertaining proponents of a flat earth. This has sort of regained traction and momentum as of late. Let me just lovingly say, and and I do say this, and the Lord knows my heart, I say this as lovingly, as humbly as I can, that God here in verse 22 is declaring through Isaiah, that the earth is round in the shape of a circle. Now, how did Isaiah know? Because God gave Isaiah supernatural wisdom. Because God is speaking through Isaiah. And God is picturing Himself as sitting on this big circle, this globe. The earth is not flat. I'm just going to leave it at that. Verse 23 I already hear the comments and the emails, and that's okay. I'm getting used to it. Pick a number, stand in line. Verse 23, He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Scarcely shall they be planted, scarcely shall they be sown, scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth when he will also blow on them, and they will wither, and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. To whom, verse 25, then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name. Whoa, stop right there. Am I hearing this right? Look up to the sky. You see all the stars? I numbered every single one of them. I didn't only number them, I named them too. And I remember their names, because I named them. You know how many stars there are? You want to talk about making your hair hurt? That'll make your hair hurt. One has suggested that the stars in the sky are equal to the sands on the seashore. Just go to Kailua Beach and just start counting. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll make it to, I don't know what you'll make it to. I'd probably make it to about 28 and I'd just probably take a nap. But He's counted them, He's numbered them, He's named them, calls them by name, by the greatness of His might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. <laughs> Why do you say, verse 27, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Did you catch that? Oh, I've done that. I have to confess. Uh, in fact, my son and I, uh, my oldest son, and I were just talking about this today. You know, this notion of, you know, I don't want to bother God because He's got a whole universe to run. I mean, I'm asking Him for this. This is nothing. This is less than nothing, right? We just read. And, you know, here's God. I mean, He's, you know, He's dealing with what's going on in Afghanistan, Lebanon. He's certainly dealing with what's happening in America. That alone is a lot. And so He's got a lot on His plate. And so here am I. And I mean, He's gonna pass over. I mean, I'm just, this is, this is nothing for him. And God's saying, yes, it is. Yeah, but God, <laughs> you, you, I mean, waters in the palm and you're sitting on the earth and you've got the mountains like this and, and then I've got this, uh, problem and it's kind of small and certainly in comparison to that. And I mean, my goodness, I'm looking at all these stars, and you've numbered them, you've named them, and I'm asking you to help me with this, uh, you know, issue, this problem, this trial. And God's saying, that, why do you say that? Do you believe that? Do you believe I don't care? <laughs> you think I'm, this is what I told my son today, I said, God, God can multitask. I'll give you a moment on that one. I know it's talking about anthropomorphic. <laughs> God is omnipresent, omniscient and omnipotent. And God can do anything and everything simultaneously, because He's omnipresent. You know what that means, right? He's all-present. So I've got a situation over here, windward side of Oahu, and uh, I know God's got his hands full there in Afghanistan, Lebanon. I'll add Washington, D.C., too. I'll just leave that there. (laughs) Um, But God's saying, don't think for a second that I'm not noticing that. Don't think for a second that I'm going to look at that and just kind of pass on by, because i got bigger things to tend to. No. No, I love you. I care about you. And I know everything about you. And I know exactly what you need. I knew what you needed before you even needed it. How about that? I was thinking about the creation account, just real quick. Isn't it interesting how that God had Adam name the animals in pairs? Watch this. This is so cool. This is just, this is who God is. This is how amazing God is. So he's He's naming the animals, which you got to wonder when the giraffe came, what did he, you know, giraffe, you know, it's kind of like, he named those animals, not in English, of course, but you, you get the point. He named those animals in pairs. I wonder how long it took him to realize, hey, I don't have a pair. What was God doing? God was showing Adam his need before he met that need. It is not good for man to be alone. And so he has him name the animals, and then when he realizes, wait a minute, they, they've got something I don't have called a mate, a helpmate. God says, good, now go to sleep. <laughs> I'm going I'm to take a rib from your side, and I'm going to make you a helpmate, Eve. God knows our needs even before we know we need our needs and God will meet every need for us because He loves us. Now, I wanted to save as much time for this as possible because there's so much here. It's a very well-known passage. It is again to me one of the most encouraging chapters and passages of Scripture in all of the Bible. Here we have again the rhetorical questions beginning in verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Now remember, he's built his case for just how big he is, what he's done. And now he says this, the creator of the ends of the earth neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And then verse 29, and I want you to notice something here. He gives power to, to who? The weak, not the strong, the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Verse 30, even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay, bear with me here for just a moment. First, I want to draw your attention to how it is that God gives the strength to the one who needs the strength. Who needs the strength? The one who does not have strength. Who does not have strength? The one who is weak. If I'm trying in my own strength, God's not going to give me his strength. Ask the apostle Paul. He pleads with God to remove this thorn in his flesh. And God says, no, Three times, please with the Lord. No, no, no. Why? Because my grace is sufficient. And then Paul says this, and I think it should be the clarion call of every Christian, especially in this day in which we are living. He says, the reason why, and I'm good with it, His grace is sufficient. Okay, Lord, it remains and it keeps me in that place of total reliance upon you and you alone. Because see, in my weakness, then I'm strong. In fact, His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Okay, now we're talking. In other words, if I'm strong in my own strength, God, why would God give me strength if I am already strong in my own strength? For those who have no might. Now again, we we talked about and delineated between weakness and weariness. Weariness is just fatigue, exhaustion, battle weary, fatigue, and tiredness, and weakness is just a lack of strength or little strength or no strength. And God says, if you're of little strength or no strength, I'll give you strength. And if you're weary and you faint, I will give you the might, the power, the endurance, the perseverance, if you're weary. I'll take both. Where do I sign? (laughs) Right? Now, something else here. It's for those who wait on the Lord... Why would the Holy Spirit inspire Isaiah to say that that way? Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Here's a thought. We can flip it around. Some of us don't want to wait, so we move forward in our impatience and we try to do it in our own strength. It's not for the... And by the way, don't think of wait as just kind of sitting in the chair with the remote, and just kind of, I'm just waiting for the Lord to renew my strength. No, no, that's not what it means. It carries with it the idea of this expectation, waiting with anticipation, expectation, putting your hope in, your trust in. I know God is going to renew my strength because I have no strength. I am weak. Paul said, I'll boast in my weakness, because when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. How is that possible, Paul? Because in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Look at it like this. I hope this isn't too silly of an illustration, but this is how I see it. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, <laughs> I need strength. You do? Yeah, Lord, I, I need strength. I I can't do this. You can't? No. Oh, I can. not You need strength? Yeah. So then when God renews my strength, who gets the credit? He does, because I can't, because I had no strength. In my own strength, I had no power. I was too weak. I was too weary. And God says, you're a perfect candidate. Now watch what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to renew your strength. So much so, And this is interesting, that you're going to mount up wings like eagles. Have you ever seen an eagle soar? No, they soar. They're not like, you know, (laughs) they're not flapping their wings. No, they're just like, they're soaring, man. Above it all, and high above. God's saying, I'm going to give you wings like those eagles. And and then he says, you're going to run and not be weary. And then he says, you're going to walk and not faint. Now, wait a minute. That almost sounds like it's backwards. Shouldn't it be walk, run, fly? No, it's fly, run, walk. Why? Here's another thought. You know, <laughs> when you're young, man, you're you're flying high. As you get older, and you realize... That there dwelleth no good thing that is in your flesh, in your own strength. And it's a downward progression, where as you get older in age, you grow in grace, you mature in Christ. You, like the apostle Paul, go from an apostle to a brother, to the chief of sinners. That's the progression in Paul's life. You know, when I was young, I mean, man, I got the world by the tail, man. I'm flying high and, you know, you, see, you should see me sore, <laughs> right? And as you get older, you start realizing, wow, Lord, I, I need you. And you go from flying to running. You're running the race. I and mean, that's a good thing. But then sometimes you're so reliant on His strength, that you're like, man, if, I mean, just to walk and not faint, I need your strength, Lord. And that comes with maturity, that spiritual maturity, that's maturing in Christ, that's growing in grace. You know, meekness has been made synonymous with weakness, and nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus was meek was Jesus weak? God incarnate. Almighty God incarnate. He was meek. You know, one of the things I'm learning, and I'll bring it to an end with this, and this is really important. Please hear my heart on this. I am learning that humility is powerful. Humility is powerful. Do you know that God is humble and God is all powerful? You ever thought of it like that? The Proverbs say, humility is the beginning of wisdom. Strength, wisdom, it comes vis-a-vis humility. When you humble yourself before the Lord and you say to the Lord, Lord, I need your strength. I cannot do this in my own strength. If I try to do this in my own strength, I'm just going to create something in the flesh. I need your spirit. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. You know, sometimes we operate in the energy of our own strength, and I'll tell you, you won't go very far. It's not long before you just crash and burn. But when you're operating in His strength, in the power of His might, you will not grow weary. You will not faint. You will mount up wings like eagles. You will run. You will walk and not faint. Just like the beginning of the chapter, I cannot think of a better way to end the chapter. I mean, this is you right here, weary, discouraged, downcast, weak. When you're weak, then you're strong. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. He's going to carry you close. He's going to see you through to the end. You're going to strengthen yourself in the Lord, in His strength, not your strength. God comforts and strengthens the weak and the weary. And would to God (laughs) that we would humble ourselves and admit that we are weak and weary so that He can comfort and strengthen us.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Isaiah is an interesting one, as the prophet Isaiah spoke things that God wanted the people of Israel to hear, but they just wouldn't listen. Little did they know that much of what Isaiah spoke had bigger significance than they could have imagined. From beginning to end, the book of Isaiah touches on Jesus Christ coming later on. It refers to the announcement of his coming, his birth, his good news of salvation, his death, and his return to claim his own. Wow, what an incredible insight into the future. Sometimes things are plain right before our eyes, and we just aren't willing to see it for what it is. Although the people were ignorant in that present time, God used Isaiah to speak to them anyway and to proclaim the good news that was to come. Do you know of this good news? If not, we'd like you to check out com and head over to the resources page. There you'll find the ABCs of salvation, which goes into a step-by-step understanding the good news of Jesus. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join us on Sundays or Thursdays at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor JD. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and to look for more things God wants to teach you in this book of Isaiah. Looking forward to next time here on In Spirit and Truth.